the Tea Health Show, medical lifestyle show. Good morning. It's the Tea Health Show, and this is Chris Avon Smith, and it's always wonderful to be with you in studio with me. I have the fantastic Dr. Mark and the wonderful Sister Elise. So, welcome everybody. Nice to have you in studio with us today. Morning, Good morning. Chris. So, last week we spoke a, a, about. We did a whole recap of the stuff that, that uh, we do in the. Tea Health Clinic, and I use the we because I feel very part of the cl- of the you're, clinic at this you, point. You are a part of a clinic. You know, it's like old furniture. You fit right in. <laughs> Soft and comfy, that's me. So, and, you know, but I think that it, what's really important is the way that we position ourselves, and, and, and we spoke a lot about it as a specialist clinic. And I think this week we, we're going to be talking mainly about testosterone and age-appropriate t- testosterone use, if that's uh, my understanding. Understanding, yeah, and again, bringing it back to you've got to go to the areas and the people that understand this. Because I'm going to go back to what I said last week. Everything in your body, and this is what Mark always says, is like a, a scale, a set of set of scales, and everything has to be balanced. And if you weigh down one arm of the scale too much stuff is going to go out of balance and that's very much what we what we do at the tea health clinic chris absolutely hormone systems are all interlinked and when we start with um, our steroid hormones steroid hormones include testosterone Estrogen, your thyroid hormones, your adrenal glands, um, which will give you cortisol, adrenaline, noradrenaline, and there's a host of others. All of us start with cholesterol. So just think about this. If I don't have healthy cholesterol, Mm. I can't make healthy steroid hormones. If I don't have healthy steroid hormones, let's start with your thyroid hormones. Then your metabolism, your energy metabolism mm. is out of whack. And these are people that complain of dry skin, dry, brittle nails. Um, they're cold the whole time. They can't lose weight. Um, <laughs> I am always cold, yes. <laughs> so, you know, it's the, the interaction between, between these different systems is so subtle but incredibly profound mm. um, if you re- if, if you're going to fiddle with one um, it's a problem I, I always refer to my, one of my most favorite TV programs of all time absolutely fabulous where Patsy says to Eddie, once you fiddle with the top beak, you have to balance with with the bottom beak. And once you've done the bottom beak, now you have to do the chin. And, you know, but when you're there, uh, you know, but the next thing you know, you're a visitor in your own face. And that's (laughs) that's exactly what happens with hormone systems. If you start fiddling around with one, you have to balance something else. Um, And when the, the balance... Goes back out on the other one It comes back You know you know, It's a Like my Oma would say A coxball You know It's a bit It's a bit like you driving down a, a road with a lot of traffic lights And if you get it in sync You're going to Hit the green Every time 
but you drive too fast or too slow and you're going to hit a red and then it stops, start, stop, start, stop, start the whole way. It's exactly that. So I thought this morning we would recap about what testosterone actually does. Mm. Um, it's the, to me, it's the building block of a lot of things. It's the start of a lot of things. Mm. Yes, absolutely. So, Elise, when we, when we think about women and girls, testosterone plays a, a small role during sexual development. Um, not very big. Estrogen plays a major role there. And then I think when we hit our 18s, 19s, 20s, maybe a little bit earlier, 16 for girls, testosterone starts elevating slightly to start giving us a libido. Am I correct? That's correct. And um, what is very important to note as well, and, and this is something um, that I think we haven't touched on yet, is there's three types of estrogen. Um, that is very important It's your E1, E2 and E3 Now E1 is the one that um, is the highest When you are going into puberty Or when you are in menopause Sorry, let me correct myself We always need to test for E1 E2 is your normal estrogen Where you just, it's your day-to-day estrogen That's the one that we test for mostly in our clinic And then E3 is elevated or is um, more active during pregnancy and Puberty, etc., etc. So, when, so when, when all the hormones and 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 you you really changing, yeah. so pregnancy changes, yeah, and, and it fluctuates. It always fluctuates during the day, during your rhythms, during your life. That's the thing that um, I want to. Why I'm bringing this up is why are we a specialist hormone balancing clinic? Not a hormone replacement therapy clinic Is that we look at all the different types of Either female hormones, male hormones Which is present in males and females And that is where we are different from any other clinic Or I want to say we are different And specializing in that type of Situations. It's interesting that you brought up the estrogens because estriol, estradiol, and estrione Correct. Um, are the different uh, types of estrogen, and it's absolutely correct. They they would um, there's a circadian rhythm to all of those, like with testosterone. People always ask me, why do I have to go and take my testosterone levels first thing in the morning? Because that's when they're at their highest. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Okay, so, and the other thing is when um, women do secrete in minimum levels testosterone during ovulation. So when is estrogen or t- testosterone then important? From when they start Ovulating, and that is during puberty. Puberty starts and day 14. So, and then your levels already start declining because you only have so many ovums to um, ovulate for or with. 
uh, and that is the important factor. But it doesn't influence women as much until they reach the age of 40, depending on the fam- family history of when the perimenopause stage right. starts. Right. You know, it's, 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 sorry, I mean, and this is slightly off the topic, it always astounds me. The body always regenerates. I mean, m- most systems in the body re- regenerate. And the, the, the <clears throat> ovums don't. No. You, you, you're born with a finite. It's very rare that stuff is finite in the, in the. Well, yes and no. We only have two types of tissue that regenerates. Right. Brain cells yeah. and liver cells. Okay. Okay. So neural tissue can regenerate. You can, f- because they, they form new pathways all the time. You, you have axons and neurons and, and they can regenerate. Um, liver cells, oh, you know, it's so such a liver, beautiful. You can grow a liver. Yeah. yeah. But the rest of the organs find that incredibly difficult. There's repair, but I don't think complete regeneration. Yeah, but th- but that's sort of what I mean. But but I mean, you, you, you know, you know, as a woman, you've you've got a basket full of eggs, and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, with men, I, I mean, let's take sperm for example. Sperm, we keep going and we keep making all the time. You know, like yeah, you know, Chris, it's it's this interesting. Th- Graph, I want to call it. When my patients come into my office, I compare them to all animals. Yeah. You have in the wild, in anything that lives in a troop, a group, a pack, you have an, an alpha. Yeah. Um, you have a, a, one or two betas. Um, Zetas and Omegas And then you have Mama I was just going to say and, and, and in, in, in the tea health clinic scenario We've got our alpha It's Sister Elise well, I, I don't And the know. Mama you know, but, uh, We have Mama and Sister Elise Alice is the alpha Because yeah. believe me That's She true. rules all of us That's true. So um, when, when I um, Go through my consultation Firstly I explain to patients How the different systems produce testosterone. And we, in, when we look at testosterone... And you draw lovely pictures, I must just tell you. You make it very easy to follow. <laughs> Thank you. But when you, when you look at testosterone, there's two different pathways. First pathway is your steroid pathway. Um, we've just mentioned some of the steroid hormones. They all come from cholesterol. And from there, we start making the mother of all the um, steroid hormones, pregnenolone. And from pregnenolone, now things start getting interesting. And you make different things. Right. So there the conveyor splits. And the conveyor keeps on splitting. You know what? You have your biscuit and now you're covering it with different kinds of jams and then eventually you're going to cover it with a white chocolate, a brown chocolate, a coffee chocolate, um, a dark chocolate, and then they all get wrapped and they all get off to shipping. Hormones work exactly the same. Um, in the steroid pathway, what we find, which is incredibly important for both men and women, is DHEA. 
DHEA, dihydroxy, epi, and dosterone. And most, that's the precursor of our sex hormones. First in the list is testosterone. Right. And then estrogen. Um, testosterone, especially in men, can convert into estrogen. We need estrogen. As men, we need estrogen because it protects us from cardiovascular disease. Elise and myself were on Real Health, I think it was uh, season 12, episode 12, where we spoke about the need for um, estrogen in men. Premenopausal women have a 15% lower incidence of cardiovascular disease than men. The moment that they are menopausal Mm. and especially postmenopausal, one in ten women will die from a cardiovascular event. Sure. Which is exactly the same as that of men. What changed? Yeah. Their levels of estrogen So estrogen protects us from cardiovascular disease And for all the people that heard Oh, this big bodybuilder had a heart attack Why? Because they push their estrogen right down yeah. They push themselves into heart attacks And they're pushing up the the testosterone Yes Sorry, Elise, I hijacked where you were going so i'm so sorry <laughs> no i think i i i did make my point okay. that i wanted to um the other thing that i just want to say as well is the simple way that dr mark explains to patients is precious and all he uses is the bell graph as well right. and everybody knows the well the bell graph you know what it's it's actually an easy thing to try and explain i use the analogy of kids at school if you don't know what a bell graph is just think of a bell that's standing upright okay um On the left-hand side, if you look in front of you, the bell is in front of you. On the left-hand side, you have little Johnny. And Johnny, oh, bless his heart. He's as dumb as soup and as ugly as sin. But at the end of a year, Johnny passes. The top part of the bell, the bell at the top, these are the people that score between 40 and 60%. You know, those are most of the people that you know. That's where I was A <laughs> little bit mediocre But you know what I mean Run of a mill mm. And on the other hand On the right hand side You have Michael And Michael is the captain of the first rugby team He's stripping all the girls Two of the teachers He's not in bishops for all of you that wondered <laughs> And um, just to piss you off He's also the most handsome and clever boy in school yeah, and, he, and he's got the, the academic blazer and all the sports bars and things. Yeah. So who do we? Who do you want to be? Most people want to be Michael. Why? Because it just seems as if, for very little effort, he gets much more out of life than anyone else. Mm. Now let's go and look at a, a troop of baboons, um, a, a pack of wolves. There, the same principle applies. You have the alpha male who gets the majority of the girls and all the food he wants. 
Why? He's stronger, he's faster, he's fitter, he's cleverer than the other ones. And then, you know, at coming back down, you have the pack, um, and on the left, you have that one little poor runt that everyone likes to bully. Yeah. Okay? Get the last to feed. Exactly. Won't so get the girl. As humans, just the it's big, exactly one. the same um, in both men and women. Interestingly enough, most of us have testosterone levels between 200 and about 300. That's free testosterone. Now, free testosterone is a calculation. Right. We said that we're going to talk about testosterone and the ages. Um, so let's start there. Just before we jump in there quickly, can I just give you the, if you've got questions, please WhatsApp us um, and and we can respond or we will respond after the show. And the number you can WhatsApp us on is 064-212-8701. That's 064-212-8701. When I talk testosterone to patients, whether male or female, I always tell them that it's a bit of a gray area. At least I don't know if you agree. It's a gray area for one simple reason. There's not a universally accepted biochemical definition that tells us exactly what low or, for that matter, high testosterone okay. is. But can I just interject there is um, it's very difficult to get the exact um, testosterone levels through a blood test as well because we fluctuate during the day with different um, biorhythms, etc., etc. And that's why we also look and listen to symptoms. So I want to add on to what Elise have said by giving an example. If we go to, in South Africa, um, our major laboratories, let's name them, Lancet and Ampeth. Yeah. Each of those two laboratories use a different assay, which means that they're using a different way of testing. We go even further and say the laboratories in Lancet use different Devices Yes To test their testosterone Immediately When you look at A Lancet versus Ampath Blood result You have to notice that The reference range That's noted Is different Which is not wrong It's not wrong because it was specifically made for a specific device. But that shows us that there is no gold standard. Right. Mm. And this creates a gray yes. area. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Secondly, there is no definitive age range for testosterone. So let's go back to our bell graph. Whether you're 18 years old, 40 or 80, you are still plotted on that same graph. That 
doesn't seem fair to an 80 year old. I can't compare his testosterone to an 18 year old. Yes, we would expect an 18 year old to be off the charts. Okay, they one walking hormone. Um, and an 80 year old, you would expect to have no testosterone. We spoke about this last week, and at least you've seen this in our in our clinic, where my patients at the age of 60 come in with higher levels of testosterone than my patients at the age of 30. That's bizarre to me. It, it, it doesn't add up to me. It doesn't add up. But when we look at it, when did estrogen really start becoming part of oral contraceptives and how much estrogen is now in our soils, in our foods, in our water system. And these 30-year-olds had a way higher concentration um, exposure to estrogen than their fathers and their grandfathers. And therefore, the high, uh, lower levels of testosterone. There's a study that's been done, it's well published, that testosterone over the f- past few decades have decreased exponentially. Therefore, the metrosexual males. Right. Okay. The last one is that reference range that's so vast. Um, if we look at something like insulin, Reference range is quite a narrow band. Cholesterol, even narrower. Um, glucose, very narrow. You know what? There is a daily fluctuation, and you know, there's fluctuation after you've ate or not, but nothing as big as testosterone. And that's what creates the gray area. We were talking about the age here. So, when do we start? Needing testosterone And what is testosterone used for in the bodies In in males um, When you're young Testosterone um, Is responsible for Your development of Your secondary sexual characteristics That's the voice The facial hair A little bit of muscle growth Etc, etc Okay And when we hit 2021 That's over you know, yes, we do become a little bit more hairy, but testosterone has a limited place to a role to play there. Um, where do we see the most steroid use in the ages between eighteen and thirty? Yes, that's where we least can afford it. One of the reasons are we speaking synthetic steroid use? Synthetic steroid use, yeah, absolutely. Um, there used to be, and you you will know this most most probably better than I do. Um, the first rapid teams of your private schools, mm. they used. I, I don't know if they still do. Used to get random drug tests. Yes, absolutely. To test for. Um, anabolic steroids yeah. Because it's doping And you know what These kids would do anything To get bigger And stronger um, And they were given Testosterone and uh, other, uh, uh, Anabolic steroids By their coaches I, ha- I had that at my one school There was this one, 
the front forward or the back half or whatever they are in, in rugby. Elise will be able to tell you. <laughs> but but I mean I mean this this boy at the age of fifteen had the had the musculature of a 25 30 year old i mean he was so muscle bound and i mean it's not it's it just wasn't normal he was extremely hairy he 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 had progressed so much at the age of 15 and it came out that he he had been doped he'd he'd been given test uh, i don't know what it was but he'd been doped and he was obviously banned from playing so we we confronted with that um we'll go into the the side effects and the complications of this. Um, but I want to bring Elise in. Elise, let's just circle back to two women. Um, the T Clinic is a specialist clinic. Most of our patients come to us as a last resort. They've been to endocrinologists, they've been to gynees, um, they've been to rheumatologists. So why are they going to these people firstly? And what is it in their hormone systems that create this malaise, I want to call it, that no one can put a finger on? I think there's quite a few um, indications that we found with when we do the consultation with them. We had, for instance... Last week, two ladies, one was 27 and the one was 39. Um, what was interesting is the one of 39 came in and said, I just wanted to come and check if everything is okay. When I asked her, why, yeah. That's a, yeah. You know, why us? Then she said, no, no, uh, it was just I was at my gynae and everybody and the GP and um, it's just I'm interested because I've listened to everything that you said. Right. And then when we started consultation and we looked at a blood test, it was just like I was astounded at how many and systems was out of balance with this girl that actually feels okay. But something said to her, come, go and see. I mean, that's great intuition. Great intuition. You know, that we always say take, to, take your own health care into your own hand or take correct. your health care into your own hand. I, I want to just color a little bit of that picture because, Elise, it is something that we saw in both these women. Yeah. Both of them were on oral hormonal contraceptives. Which we're not allowed to name. <laughs> Both of them presented with chemically induced menopause. Sure. Chemi- <clears throat> at, 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 and at those ages? At those ages, 27 and 39. Wow. Both of them have stopped menstruating on a cyclical, cyclical, Contraceptive Which is Not normal Sure I mean that really isn't normal That's scary It is scary The problem is To Manage these patients Means 
having to take them off for contraceptive to see whether the natural balance and natural cycles will come back and restore itself. These are, these are young women, but one of them still in their Reproductive years, very much. Have so. they had children? Just as a the, the one, one, yes. The one, yes. The other one is not married yet. You don't have to be married to have children, Elise. I'm just telling oh, you. I, just, I'm I, just, I'm just that, letting you know. Like. I'm that mama, that <laughs> conservative no, no, no. way of doing things. I wish you could see that face. It's everything but conservative. Um, you know what? And this for us really is a concern. Mm. Um, Elise, uh, let's let's carry on. What did they present with? What did our twenty-seven-year-old patient present with? Because it was she, a completely different picture. She uh, first thing that she said to me is, um, she doesn't have energy. She doesn't have zest for life. No and libido. I wanted to go further, and then when I probed, no libido, um, dryness. Pain with intercourse, bleeding with intercourse. That's menopause. That's menopause. Totally menopause. I mean, you've, ju- you've just listed menopause. Yeah. But what with was interesting of. for me is that we have to really probe and mm. ask sort of leading questions. And then they say, oh, yes, this happened with me. Oh, I can't remember this. And that's one big thing for us. Mm. That's our first, first indication is memory loss. On these younger patients specifically And then you can say to them But oh I asked this question Two questions ago And you couldn't remember the answer You know it's like That's what helps us To get to the crux of the problem With Mm. these patients Um, What was also interesting for me is um, There was a lady yesterday in my rooms And I want to go now to the 50s The 50 year olds And she was also She was asking me Do we do HRT? I said no we don't do HRT We do hormone balancing And um she she asked me questions because she came for another reason. Yes. It wasn't related to her as as such. And then um it came out that she has all the symptoms and she thought there was no help for her f- for menopause. She also had this thing that if you've been through menopause, people think there's a period that you go through menopause <laughs> and then it's over. Um, and you will be yourself like before menopause. Um, she, she didn't have an idea that there's help for her to feel better, tolerate her husband better, you know, all of those things. She even made an, a remark that we should lobby for there should be a law that nobody can get divorced between the age of 50 and 65 before they've tested their <laughs> hormones and get treatment for menopause. Yeah. So um, I think what Elise is um, showing so clearly with that is again, we are a specialist clinic and we specialize. Not only in in hormone balancing, but actually hearing 
what it is that patients are saying. Yes. A lot of people don't have the words to express what it is that they're feeling. We've had the wonderful, wonderful opportunity and we've been blessed with experience. Elisa has been in um, practice um, as a registered nurse from theatres to theatre matron to development of pelvic and urological devices. Uh, she's been through menopause herself. You know, it's so... There's a wealth of experience. I myself have been in private practice for over 20 years now. Um, and I've, I've always had, um, the wonderful way of connecting with uh, female patients because my, my biggest interest while I was, um, at university and been specializing was fertility and, um, mm. uh, women's health. Um, and then we developed the tea clinic and, um, you know, it's through my experience as an aesthetic practitioner, having to listen um, and then understand someone's expectations of a very, very difficult treatment that or procedure that you're about to perform. Um, made it easy to to listen to men. Yes, um, but but I want to circle back quickly, and it's it's, it's something that that we keep coming back to. The fact that you're a specialist clinic means that you are allowed the time to actually listen properly and explore the issues with your patients. And, 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 and as you always say, with no disrespect to GPs and um, other disciplines, they often don't have the, the time in their day. They've got a huge patient load, etc., that they, that they aren't able to really, really spend the time, the length of time that is needed to get to the, as Lee says, the crux of the matter. It's not only that they don't have a time to listen. Both Elise and I believe that you can you cannot expect a patient to manage or take control of a condition if the patient doesn't have a full understanding of firstly what it is what's happening to them yes why it's happening to them making sense of what they feeling and the reason that it's happening. So, you know, but bringing the two, the physiology and the pathology together, um, and that takes up the majority of our consulting time. That takes 45 minutes of my time mm. per consultation, at least to explain to the patient and then you know what our patients see us weekly yes for the first four six or eight weeks so that we can make them familiar not only with what it is that they're experiencing but how things are changing during that time what to look out for um and to to make them affair with um, the actual treatment because ultimately 
they have to take responsibility for themselves. Yes. And yes. this is where our specialists and our GPs fall short. You know what? For them to make a living, for them to put food on the table, there's a certain amount of patients that have to be seen every day. Now, with us, we are more expensive than your GP that think he's doing hormone supplementation by giving you a testosterone injection or giving you um, estrogen tablets to go and take um, because we actually take the time and ultimately you're paying for my expertise and my time. Absolutely. Elise, um, let's let's cap on women. Um, Perimenopause. This is this is where we really start seeing women complaining of um, indirect or un- non-specific symptoms. When does the perimenopause usually start? Okay, so it these different factors, but the stud or the literature states any time. From just 40 to, 40 to 55 That's your perimenopause menopausal stage Okay, officially, for according to documentation Menopause starts at 51 years of age But it all depends on all the different factors That we already spoke about today Is environment, f- um, family history um, medications, hormone systems, it all depends on all the different factors. So what I want to say is if you have these symptoms that we've mentioned so many times, like memory loss, anxiety, I don't feel good, I want to divorce my husband after I've killed him, I want to Kill him first and or divorce him first and then kill him. Uh, you know, all that different dryness, vaginal dryness, um, pain with intercourse. Um, generalized pain. Generalized. We, we generalized myalgia. Yeah. Body pain. Um, all those type of things. It's worth it. Just come for a consultation and then. We are also there to tell you, okay, no, you are actually fine. You need to go and see this specialist, which we have a referral base for, that we do recommend people to go and see certain other doctors, which we don't treat certain illnesses. It's very interesting what Elise just said, and I I want to just emphasize this. The perimenopausal state is most probably one of the most difficult stages um, in diagnose. a woman's life, but it's also the most difficult stage for us as practitioners mm-hmm. to diagnose because looking at the bloods, looking at the hormonal levels, they usually tend to be non-specific or even normal. In the normal ranges. Yeah. And you know what? Then you have to be able to... Differentiate and think out of a box um, And know enough of physiology, pathology uh, To realize something else is wrong Or, you know what, these are the nonspecific symptoms of perimenopause Menopause for us is very easy um, 
menopause is a very clear definitive stage in your life you've stopped menstruating but as we just said we are finding this happening in patients with oral contraceptive are we against contraceptives hell no i'm probably one of the biggest cheerleaders for contraceptives Um, it gives us freedom of choice it allows us to control our own bodies and that for me is one of your first human rights is i have um the ability to say yes or no or make decisions which affects my own health, mm. uh, my reproductive health, and my future. And your life choices. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Can men? I just read a menopause testimonial from a, um, a 60-year-old woman who is in a very very happy relationship and she started feeling there's something wrong with her she came and saw us and um we started her according to her blood tests on hormone balancing treatment and she sends me a update weekly how she's doing and um Week one, she already felt a difference. Week two, she had the energy to go and walk, which was her great passion, which she stopped doing for about two or three years. So she went on a walk with her husband. Um, she is not agitated anymore. She engages with her husband again. And this was a couple that came to us together. He waited for her while we consulted with her. And, um, you know, it's that support as well that one needs in your relationship to openly communicate with your partner to say, listen, I don't know what's going on with me, but I do need somebody to help me with this. Um, Men. Yes. When do we really start needing testosterone? Mm -hmm. So our natural testosterone level starts declining from about 28. And it's a very gradual decline. Um, Symptoms are vague. um, And when we get to our 40s and our 50s, you know what, we'll start presenting with a little bit of loss of energy, a little bit of abdominal weight gain, difficulty shaking that weight again, um, physical strength, you know, it declines a little bit. And then the big ones, um, I'm finding it difficult to perform when my, the tasks that I were doing the brain uh, 10 fog. years ago with the same gusto mm. and the same vibrancy. Um, I'm and finding interest. it more difficult interest. to get out of bed. I do not tolerate idiots any longer and you know what a a lot of them become grumpy old men Um, in our 30s what we are seeing with and I'm I'm putting this out there straight if you've done testosterone in your teens and your 20s expect to have erection difficulties in your 30s and you know what erectual dysfunction and impotence in your 40s and 50s mm-hmm. know that now also know that um on uh, if you are looking for testosterone in your 30s 
there was a problem and you know what look for it as a psychological problem testosterone might help but it's not an indication for um, testosterone replacement therapy i'm a big believer um and supporter of the studies that show that depression and testosterone or low testosterone go hand in hand. But I'm also an avid um, subscriber to evidence-based medicine where at the moment there's not enough evidence to prove that testosterone is a supplementation or in a lot of cases, even an adjunct treatment to anxiety and depression. Right. If you are using testosterone in your 20s, oh, by all means, try and look good. You are being bloody stupid. It's short-sighted. Very. Be- because it, it, and I mean, it comes with youth as well, where you think we, hate we live in the morning. <laughs> you live in the moment. But... The long-term effects are so detrimental, and, and but we, but we know it. I mean, even taking recre- recreational drugs in your twenties, and th- you, you you sort of, oh, I'm invincible. And, and testosterone does make you feel that absolutely. you are invincible. Again, I hate them. I love looking at them, but you know, <laughs> um, it it is nice from far, but far from nice. <laughs> you know what? I I find these guys to be incredibly superficial mm. um, and incredibly arrogant. Um, when they walk into my practice and try and explain to me what it is that I need to do because this is what their gym trainer tells them. Um, testosterone, let's put it out there just once again, it's a schedule for prescription medication. If you're caught with it without a prescription, it is a criminal offense. Yes. Yes. So it's something that's not policed. It's something that's freely available on every street corner. Walk past the gym and 10 guys will offer you testosterone. I'll um, put you on a juice. Yeah. <laughs> so um, there are ways and means of going about this responsibly. And it's about being responsible. It's about keeping balance. Because if we keep the balance in both systems... You know what? We limit, if not eradicate, any side effects. Can we talk a little bit about when men are through andropause? And usually that's at the age of 70. Then their testosterone levels stay stable at the age of 70 to 89. What do you suggest if we do see patients like this? So I've had two patients. The one I I know he he wouldn't mind me naming him by name was Professor Brian Buch, and Prof Buch was the head of um, radiology and radio imagery at both the universities of Pretoria as well as at Wits. And Prof. Buch came to me in his late 70s, close to 80. Um, and we started him on testosterone supplementation therapy. And it changed his life. Um, his wife, Jean, what a beautiful woman. You might know her, Elise. There's a very good chance that you and Jean worked 
together in the same hospital. She was um, a theatre nurse as well. Um, and Jean was much younger than Brian. And Brian came and said, you know what, I want to still be physically intimate with my wife, but I'm finding it very difficult. And you know what, we are living into the 90s, as you just so rightly said. You know, then from the age of 70 to 90 or 100, it's living that with no physical intimacy uh, must be such a lonely place. We have the means of doing that. A lot of people would say, oh, yeah, but testosterone and cancer. Testosterone doesn't cause cancer. Mm. We know that. Testosterone might increase the risk of certain types of cancer. And the biggest one of them is breast cancer, not prostate cancer. So, <clears throat> I beg your pardon. Is it, is it uh, something that these people can consider? Absolutely, yes. I mean, it's a huge, it's, you know, I, I, th I think the key here is that we've, we've got to listen to our bodies and, under, and understand the progression of aging to, yeah. to an extent and, and understand that, that our hormones, as you've said all along, Elise, fluctuate at different ti times of day, but also over periods of when we, of our lives. Correct. And, and it's, it's to understand that. And I just want to say andropause is sort of the male menopause, just, just in uh, yes. case a lot of people don't, <laughs> don't understand that term. Um, it's, so it's, it's to understand that, that progression. So <clears throat> all men will go through andropause at some point in time. Not all men will present with hypogonadism. Right. And that's the difference. Hypogonadism is clinically low levels of testosterone. Yes. Where andropause is a state um, or a period in life where testosterone level starts decreasing. As Elise said, they stabilize eventually. But that decrease, and let's go back to our bell graph, that decrease from right to left, where people start feeling, I'm just not performing as well as I used to, that is the andropause period. Now, if you are Joe Smo, middle of the range, testosterone in your 18s, 19s, 20s, when that starts happening, you know what, um, it's a, it's a slow decline and these guys usually go into, yeah, they, they usually slowly drift through andropause without noticing it. But people that we do find notice the biggest changes are those overachievers. You know, but the alpha males that suddenly become betas, um, in the work environment because someone younger is now the alpha male and that come on let's face it that's the natural process of life that's the kuna matata you know it's the circle of life yes. um, as we get older we need to make um, space for for the younger stronger ones yeah but it doesn't mean you can't still enjoy um 
being human, being um, happy in life, etc. I'm thinking of another older patient that we have. And he was telling us that he stopped being active because of the body aches that he got all the time that he had. And since he started with supplementation of testosterone, he can go on his runs again. I think he's close to 70, 72. Sure. Um, he can go on his runs again. He doesn't have the shoulder that is the Dilapidating or whatever you say Debilitating um, uh, His knees is working again Etc, etc So there is um, Advantages of just thinking about it And there is help for that Okay, so to To sum up um, Testosterone Has a place Through the ages And you know what Where we really start Seeing the need for it Is 45 and plus Right um, This is where testosterone Plays the biggest role According to me And that's on higher function In Select and special circumstances Testosterone can be used A little bit earlier In both men and women But that's therapeutic It's therapeutic levels of testosterone Again, it's by keeping Testosterone within A very narrow band The therapeutic index And physiological Range Um, In women, this is Usually due to Low libido, which is caused by um, early onset menopause, which can be for a range of reasons, whether it being biochemical or natural. Um, For men, it's usually um, when there's been uh, abuse um, and misuse of steroids and anabolics, because of ignorance and just okay i'm it's more important what i look like than what ultimately my life will be when i'm older absolutely guys that's us for today i'm afraid how quick did that go so next week we'll be joined um by uh, Yvonne van Beek Yvonne is a new addition to the the Opperman clinic um we work a lot on neuroplasticity and neurological disorders and we're going to talk about adults and ADD so Elise stop looking at me <laughs> <laughs> yes we have a test subject in studio with us next week <laughs> guys it's been absolutely fantastic thank you so much and uh, yeah this has been the tea health show brought to you by the tea health clinic um, a specialist clinic looking at all your sexual functioning needs basically have a great day cheers everybody ciao bye this has been the tea health show with dr mark and chris haven smith sponsored by the tea clinic for more information contact admin at the tea clinic.com